It's uh, where we made it, right? This is uh, kind of a cool little milestone, right? Uh, on on Sunday evenings uh, to have gone through a hundred psalms, and uh, and you know we've got another fifty to go after we complete this one. So uh, we're not in any race, but it is kind of fun to to hit these things. So uh, this Psalm one hundred is a is a um, it's a beautiful one, and and uh, like I said, it's very short. It's only what five verses. Um, but uh, but very potent, and uh, so uh, I think we all can understand that uh, the Lord doesn't need uh, a multitude of words to make a point. But uh, uh, you can read a psalm like Psalm 119, which is 150 verses, um, uh, also, and be so blessed. Uh, that's a, a, a very uh, a very uh, powerful psalm uh, in and of itself about the power of the Word of God and and uh, how we need it in our lives. But uh, here in, in Psalm 100. Uh, it's it's a song. Uh, your, your title might say a song of praise for the Lord's faithfulness to His people. Um, so uh, you know, with, with that setting the theme uh, for us, it, it kind of helps us understand you know what what's being described here uh, and what is being highlighted uh, as we dive into this. So Psalm uh, one hundred verse one starts with a psalm of thanksgiving. Uh, make a joyful shout. To the Lord, all you lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence uh, with singing. So uh, it starts off uh, just describing that this is a psalm of thanksgiving. And uh, there's a, uh, a statement here that says, make a joyful shout uh, to the Lord, all you lands. Uh, so that, that, that the praise would ring out uh, from several different lands, that uh, God would be being uh, praised from all around the world. And... Uh, make a joyful shout uh, to him and uh, and then it goes on to say serve the Lord with gladness uh, come before his presence with thank with uh, singing so serving him with gladness um, uh, which would you know we can look at it as serving him out of gladness and heart right so as we're serving out of gladness and heart we're going to be serving with gladness right um, so we're not supposed to you know serve begrudgingly right? That's easy to say, like, oh, we're not supposed to, but sometimes serving can be difficult, right? If you, uh, you know, specifically children's ministry can be difficult, right? I've been up there for months on end before, right? Uh, and not that I don't love the kids, I do, but sometimes you can get up there and you, in the same, you know, going through the same uh, uh, things with kids or, you know, well, this kid was great last week, this week, I have no idea you know, what happened to him, you know what I mean? But, so there, there are some of those things that you that you realize, uh, and they're just little, you know, things of us, and we just learned to, you know, back out less, but, you know, we still have sometimes the same heart they do but serving uh the world out of uh, out of gladness and not because we have um the right consider you know uh, you know not giving uh begrudgingly but you know giving out of a, a grateful heart right because god loves a cheerful giver god is blessed in, in the same way that we would that we would serve out of a grateful heart rather than a, you know uh a a heart that has been burdened uh to do it or, or you know we've been voluntold to do it right uh you know I, I learned that word uh in the military you learn that pretty quickly like oh you know i remember before i went to basic training I had people tell me, don't ever volunteer for anything. You know, who here likes bowling? Right, right? Well, guess who's cleaning the toilet bowls, right? 
So, you know, just plays on road and, words and so then you'd be voluntold to do those things. But, uh, but it, it, it was a great joy in doing that. Thankfully, I wasn't, that wasn't one of my jobs. Uh, none of them were clean and, and good. None of them were like, yeah. I guess you were like a shoe liner, um, you know, some of those things. But you couldn't do it right. Whether it was perfect or not, you could never do it right. But uh, you typically weren't uh, weren't, uh, all excited about doing anything in basic training. But uh, as far as our service to the Lord, uh, you know, that serving from a grateful heart. You know, where, where it's saying here, serve the Lord uh, with gladness uh, and, uh, you know, come before his presence with singing. So uh, whether it's it's singing and serving, uh, there's uh, there, we just we see an example here that we should worship and serve God. Uh, these should be two automatic uh, byproducts of the one that is saved, that I want to serve and I want to worship. Those are things that we should crave. We want to be in the presence of brothers and sisters. We want to be singing and we also also want to be serving him doesn't necessarily mean have to mean within these walls it can be serving him outside of here doing something whatever he's led us to do whatever we're good at right so i'm probably not going to say hey i'm going to serve god in plumbing i'm not going to be a plumber for very long i can guarantee you that i i don't even know how to do plumbing you know, I tried to do it at our house, and, um, you know, I, I get frustrated with it, and, you know, you're trying to turn the wrench, and this doesn't happen, and then, oh, you know, I need, you know, extra sealant or whatever, and I don't have that. Kind of, I don't know any of those things. I'm not going to be a good plumber. But what I can do is I can go talk to people, and I can I can share the Word of God as He's leading me. You know, those, those natural gifts that God gives us. What, what are those things that God has given us, those talents that we can serve Him with, you and, uh, and and bless other people, right? Those uh, things. Uh, so the singing, the worshiping, and serving should be uh, byproducts of our, our relationship with Him. So, uh, you know, thanking the Lord with our words and with our lives is, is what's being described here. That there would be a gratefulness being shown uh, out of our lives. There's a there's joyfulness. There's a gladness, um, and when we come before the Lord in singing, so we we're worshiping not only with our words but also by the way we live our lives. So uh, we we serve Him essentially by how we uh, by our whole being. So and this is kind before his presence with singing, you know, the prayers and praises of the saints are always precious to the Lord. Uh, so if we're coming to him with our voices and hearts lifted to him, uh, we know that he's he's blessed. I remember my kids just, especially when they're little, when they get a little bit older, they get more shy, right? But uh, when they're little and they're running around and they're, ah, they're screaming, you know, song or whatever, and, well, they'll come up and they'll bring you something. Hey, look what I made. You know, uh, you've got you know little family member kids running around, and they they come up to you with whatever. You know, I've got a couple of them uh, in there. Some kids from the church have made you know, uh, John, I, I I drew this for you, and I, I'm blessed by it. I stick it up there. The Lord is blessed when His children are 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 singing to Him. Verse three. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. No, those are profound statements. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He that has made us, and not we ourselves. 
We are the people uh, and the sheep of his pasture. Those are, those are very strong statements that are being made here. No, for be firmly established and, and unmovable uh, in our faith, in, in the truth of these things, right? That, that one, that he is God, uh, you know, Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, the, the, the capitalization there for L-O-R-D, um, that he is God, that there isn't another God. There is one God. Right, and, and we discussed that this morning. One God, First uh, Timothy two five. One God, one mediator between God and man. That is the man, Christ Jesus. That, that's it. That that's that's what the Bible declares, and that's what the Christian should cling to. We shouldn't be trying to say, oh yeah, well you know, I can respect the fact that there might be. No, that's that's us saying. No, the Bible's not true, right? Is is what do we hold to? Uh, what what I what I cling to is what the scriptures say, and and we can we can quote that. You guys have heard me say it a billion times, so I'm pretty sure that most of us can uh, can uh, mention that. It's kind of one sentence, and it's and it's easy enough. But um, but here we see that there's uh, an answer. You know, where, where people may, where does it say in the scripture? You can turn right here to Psalm 100 verse three, and says uh, and it says there, know that the Lord He is God. Who is God, right? And uh, we, we see it um, being answered right here. Another question that might come is, uh, well, where did we come from, right? Who is God? Can I know him? Uh, where did I come from and where am I going, right? So you can consider these as we're reading even this psalm here, you know, because if, if there is a God and, and, uh, he, and he made me, then I know, okay, uh, there is a God, I can know him, and, uh, and where did I come from? From him. There's three of life's big answers right here. Uh, and, and then um, the fact that, uh, that, that we can see these types of scriptures uh, to, uh, to dive into, uh, it's just a, you know, a fragment of a sentence here, uh, but it, it's, it's very potent uh, by even uh, in and of itself. I like here that it says, it is he who made us and not we ourselves. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, so say, for he, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Verse 10 where it starts in, in Ephesians 2 says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Why? For good works. What's my purpose here? to know God and to glorify him, right? So just just a little bit, there's no, I mean, uh, you might think, oh man, I've got to dive into the hole, i got to get into here, and i got to, you know. No, if we can just come in here, we have so many answers to life's question, just in, uh, in this, uh, you know, half a sentence that we're reading. And it also says, and not we ourselves. Uh, what a prideful thing. Right uh, to to you know we weren't created by anything and we've become what we are because we're really smart and it's happened over billions trillions of years um, and okay where's my tail you know I, I think it would be great to have a tail to hang from a tree from there's 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 too much order. Right. Um, uh, if if there was an evolutionary, uh, if evolution formed us, I should say, uh, we, there wouldn't be this much order. You know, we've talked about this before. Like, why would my nose be perfectly fit right into here and not here on the side of my face and like a goo thing over here? Well, because we're made in God's image. It's, it's, a, it's a long story. And much of science has turned away from evolution. 
And now they're saying, okay, we can, we can, they'll, they'll, they'll go on to, okay, maybe the evolutionary theory, because it's been so debunked by stuff like, uh, like even DNA, and, uh, and, and, and then there's uh, the embracing of even, but now it gets even weirder, of, okay, intelligent design, somebody created us, who did? Aliens, right? There's, there's another life form outside, right? So that's the next weird thing, right? Like, you know, the evolutionary theory is just that. It's a theory. It's never been proven. It's never, as much as people will say it has been proven, it has not been proven. It is a theory, right? And it's got holes all through it. But we have a simple explanation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Done. That settles, for anybody of faith, that should settle our, and I say the Christian faith, uh, and uh, the Hebrew faith, right? Uh, the Jewish faith. In the, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's it. That, there's our answer. You know, and then we see further on down that God said, let us create man in our own image. You know, and then he made man uh, and, and woman uh, in his own image. We see that being described, right, in the scripture. There's our answer. But in human pride, I, I will actually um, uh, would say, I will the scientist, will love science, okay? Um, the science nerd loves it. And I say nerd as a good thing, okay? I'm not making fun of our old pastor at all. Uh, and he'll probably say, I'm a nerd. He'll probably text me if he's not watching this. He's teaching too right now. But um, the, uh, somebody will text him, John Carter, a nerd. Uh, but, uh, but he is. He loves science. He's good at it. You know, right? He's very good at it. The Lord has blessed him with that. But uh, so there's uh, Homo sapien uh, means uh, human wisdom. Uh, and then they're like, oh, we need to add something onto that. So it's Homo sapien sapien, human wisdom wisdom, right? And even does this, actually. I got this from Will after watching him for 20 years. And, you know, we pick up people's mannerisms, right? But he, he'll do that. And I just realized I was doing it. I wasn't talking about Will. But uh, so we we love to in our pride claim that we've done something right. Uh, even, okay, so even even in the uh, you know I'm a self-made man outside of creation, right? We we can we can uh, we can hear somebody boast. Hopefully, we don't say these things, especially as Christians. I'm a self-made man. Everything I've got, I earned. Where we don't realize the goodness of God has blessed us, right? Even with the even with the ability to be able to do whatever it was, right? But when we can sit there and say, "I'm a self-made man. I did all this myself," you know, that get out of the room because their head is. Gonna to run you over. It's too big, right? Uh, it's just one of those things. But when we see here that the Bible once again is declaring that the Lord, He is God, He is the one that made us, and not we ourselves. So we are created beings. Uh, and it goes on to say, we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Um, we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. You know, sheep are led by a shepherd. You know, that's, that's right. They don't just wander. If they're wandering around, they're in danger because sheep are not smart, right? You've heard this analogy with sheep and people. Jesus gave us the ultimate analogy of uh, how we act, right? Sheep are just going to wander off. That's why they need a shepherd. And uh, there, there's, uh, it's a great analogy. I love the fact that, that, that uh, the Lord used sheep. And it wasn't like something super smart. I, I don't know. What's a really smart animal? Um an elephant? An elephant? Yeah. Uh, sure, elephant. I didn't expect that. I was thinking like, you know, a dog or, or something. But Sarah says is an elephant, right? Thankfully, we're not compared to an elephant because, right? 
You know, a bunch, bunch of elephants, you know. I, I, I don't know any ladies that want to say, yeah, I'm an elephant, right? You know, us guys, we're okay with that. But, you know, you're big and sloppy, and, you know, yeah, that's not going to work. But a sheep. Sheep are cute, right? They're, anyways, we're getting way off here. Sheep are led by a shepherd. They submit to his word. They submit to the voice of their shepherd. What does the shepherd say? That's what I'm going to do. If they're not listening, shepherd's going to go over with the shepherding hook there. Uh, and wobble along at the staff. There we go, shepherding hook. Right? <laughs> with the staff. And come along and, you know, hopefully you don't have to be poked or, or whacked with that thing. But just let along, right? And this, what this is saying is that uh, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You know, we, we follow the voice of the shepherd and he leads us in his paths, in his ways. You know, when, once we become Christians, everything, we, we are a new creation. And what that means is like, we're not just, okay, well, part of us is made new and then the part, no, we're a whole new creation. There's something different. We have to learn to live, right? Because when we were born, we had to learn how to how to crawl and how to walk and do those things. And those things take place spiritually. We get to the point where it, and we even see in the scripture that there's milk. That at, at, at one point, Paul uses this. At one point, using milk, you should be moving on to solids at some point, right? My dad was always very quick to do that. Drove my wife nuts, you know. No, they're six months old or three months old. They can't have pizza, Jerry. You know, and uh, they'd have to remind him, you know, because he always wanted to get them pizza and those things and, and sit on the, you know, and, and then thankfully they all made it through and everything. But, you know, Jen was never comfortable. Was like, make sure she, he's not feeding, you know, he's, uh, feeding them or anything. But we know, you know, when we're being led by the Lord, he's leading us down his path and, and, uh, we learn to walk. We learn to follow him. We learn to, uh, okay, this is this is how I walk. Okay, you know, I, I, I'm crawling along a little bit. Now I'm standing. Okay, now I'm, I'm standing up. Now I can walk. Now I'm learning what it is to walk in a whole new way, right? We're in our study in Romans Sunday mornings. We're learning, uh, we learned just even a couple weeks ago about the walking in the spirit, not walking according to the flesh. We're a whole new creation in Christ, right? So we, we're learning what, what this means, you know, as, okay, we get the milk and and there's a little bit of solids mixed in, and then you know there's there's a full meal with all the nutrients, spiritual nutrients we need as we're growing. And we come to like this is saying we're the people, we're the sheep of this pasture. We realize, wait a minute, it's healthy for me to just follow my shepherd. It's safe here. Right, you guys have been here, and I played the video, right? I don't, I don't know. I would have been in John, John chapter ten, uh, most likely it would have been John ten uh, when I shared that. It was, and it was a two-minute clip about uh, people. There, just, there was a demonstration. These people, uh, the sheep are out in the pasture, and they've got a bunch of people out there trying to call the sheep, even saying the same things the shepherd would. And most of the time, uh, it was two or three people. It was only two minutes, so it didn't take long. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, the shepherd, the, 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 you know, it might be a lady speaking, and then a different lady in a different uh, voice speaking, and then a man, and we kind of hear an, an ear go up, and I'm like, no, it's not the right one. Then comes the shepherd, and the heads come up, and they're, ah, you know, they're doing their more, and they come right to the shepherd, 
Right? That should be us spiritually, that we are training our ear, we're training our hearts and our minds to listen to one, to listen to the Holy Spirit as he's pointing us to Jesus, right? Uh, and and uh, bringing us to that point where we need to submit to his voice and only follow him. Uh, and, and as we, uh, we grow in our faith, uh, we're going to find great comfort in that. You know, we don't need to know the way. Right. That's, you know, when we understand what a shepherd does, the sheep aren't, aren't, aren't supposed to just know the way. The shepherd knows the way. All we got to do is follow the good shepherd. That's that's really what happens in our life is we understand, wait a minute, who am I? Who is he? OK, so if I'm a sheep and I'm going to follow him, I need to know his voice. And I need to trust him when he's leading me here, he's leading me there. You know, understanding, like it says in Psalm 23, he's leading us to those green pastures by the still waters where I'm going to eat and I'm going to, I'm going to be able to be there uh, in safety and, and uh, the, the peace that we have in, in that, in, in what God is providing and how he's leading. So all we need to do, thankfully, as the sheep of his pasture is know our Lord's voice, follow him alone and just trust him. And just as he's following us, uh, sorry, as we're following, as he's leading us, I should say, I'm sorry, uh, as he's leading us, then we just follow and trust that he's leading us to where we need to go. Uh, it's sometimes easy, very easy for us to say those things, but we really have to get into the mindset of every day I need to get into the word and what is my shepherd saying to me through his word right now? What do I need to do? Uh, we, uh, knowing that we experience the greatest fulfillment uh, in uh, in our lives, and just submitting to Him, submitting to His leadership, uh, that would mean uh, you know emptying us of ourselves and knowing that that all things work for good, right? To those who love God and are called according to His purpose, I'm just going to follow Him. That's that's what we call. We're called to deny ourselves, take up our cross, follow Him. Right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Follow the Lord. Walk in the Spirit. And those are the things we need to do. You know, we don't have to, uh, you know, sit down and figure out a calculation, but, uh, you know, to launch a rocket to Mars right now, you know, to be saved or to walk with the Lord. It's the simplicity. I need to know God, know His Word, and to follow it. And how do we do that? Reading it. Right and studying it. What we're doing here. This is this is these are ways that we grow in our faith and we know Him better. Verse four: Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures all gener to all generations. Uh, you know, when we come to Him, we should uh, come with something to offer. And uh, where we see here what's being described is, is uh, thanksgiving and praise. When we come into his presence, we come to him with thanksgiving and praise. We can, and, and uh, you know, consider, what does what is, what is Peter say to us? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. You also, as living stones, are being built up in a, uh, sorry, built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. And what does it say here to offer up? To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. If we stand and we're children of God because of our relationship with Christ, then we're, we're looking to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God. Those spiritual sacrifices uh, would be things like this. Thanksgiving. Praise. Be, just being thankful. Uh, blessing his name. 
You know, how do we do those things? How, what, what does it mean uh, to, to, to praise? Consider uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 says, Therefore, by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. That, that the this, this scripture explains to us what it is to praise him. That we would, with the fruit of our lips, being uh, giving thanks to his name. Where uh, we can consider even uh, good works, right? These things, are our, our actions, our words and our actions should both be pleasing to God. Uh, we, we don't want to uh, live a life that, uh, that would uh, honor him with our lips, but not with our lives, right? And we'll get into that here uh, in the next psalm. But our works and our, our words should match each other. The next verse, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16, says, But do not forget to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So for entering into his gates, as it says in verse 4, with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, you know, consider uh, Hebrews 13, 15, and 16, that it says that we would continually offer the sacrifice of praise, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, and also do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. If we want to please God, that's a, that's a recipe right there, right? Um, I, I don't know um, recipe books um, uh, or the little index cards, right? You have those things, and you roll the and tool. How do I please God? Oh, right here. You know, you could, you'd see Hebrews chapter thirteen, verses five and six. That's one recipe to please God, right? There are, there are several things listed in the scripture, uh, but uh, you know, my wife's got all kinds of recipe books. She's an awesome cook, uh, and I I benefit from that, right? Uh, I, I'm not a good cook, right? But, uh, but she has all these things, and sometimes she has the recipes memorized. We can memorize these scriptures and, and understand these things. And, and, and what is it uh, that the Lord calls us to do? Continually offer sacrifices of praise to God with our lips, right? And don't forget to do good and to share uh, for such sacrifices, uh, with such sacrifices. God is well pleased, right? God tells us, right? We can look in James, we're, we're, we're to be doers of the word and not hearers only, Right. So so we, we can't just hear something and go, yeah, that would be really great. No, really, the Lord's telling us uh, to be obedient to his word. You know, would we be loving our, our brother or our neighbor if they're going, I, you know, uh, my power's out, my kids are freezing and, uh, uh, you know, uh, we, we don't really know what to do. And I'm, I'm standing there in the door. I'm like, oh, sorry. And I'm, I'm in shorts and a T-shirt. My man's so hot in here. I'm going to be praying for you guys. Right? We don't really have to think about what that would be. The works that would come into that are so easy, right? Open the door. Go get your kids. Come in here. Right? Maybe we can plug in a, a generator. Get you guys set up. It, it's Sometimes it's very simple and very practical for us uh, to, to serve God. Um, you know, he's serving up the easy things for us. And we need to be uh, be ready to to bless His name and uh, to do things that are going to please Him. Verse five says, "For the Lord is good; His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations." So why should we be thankful to Him and bless Him? Why? For He is good; His mercy is everlasting; His truth endures to all generations. Um, you know, if uh, I don't know about you guys, ever been in a funk, right? And you don't have to, yeah, you don't have to raise your hand. 
How do we get out of the funk? Meditating on the goodness of God. Meditating, spend time in the Word. Because what I can tell you is usually when I've experienced a funk, the last thing I want to do is get in the Word. Right? Because of, and then you can go, wait a minute. <laughs> this might be a spiritual attack that's just discouraging me. And then we can go, oh, wait, I was discouraged. Maybe I need to go and look up. Uh, you can even do a Google search. Bible passages about encouragement. Or, or, or how to come. There, there are all kinds of things. And as we get to know the Lord, the, the Lord and the Word better, we might not have to rely upon Google as much. But if you need to, don't feel, oh, I'm not spiritual. I didn't remember. Guys, Google away. Find the tools you need, right? We can't sit there and go, no, nope, I don't remember, so I must just uh, yeah, I have to give up. No, we're given tools for a reason, right? We've got tools. Let's use them. But So things to meditate on. That he's good, his mercy is everlasting. His mercy is everlasting, right? Have we ever got to the point where, like, okay, is the Lord good? Yes, he is good. Uh, okay, so if I, can, if I get that in my mind, his mercy is everlasting. Do we want to constantly have to cry out because we're doing the thing that's wrong? Oh, mercy, God, I'm still going to go back and do what's wrong. But I pray for your mercy. No, we can pray for traveling mercies. We can thank God for his mercy that he just provides for us and that he hasn't wiped us out, right? We have to look back very far to go, oh, wait a minute, I committed that sin. It says in the scripture that, I, you know, in my own life, that I wouldn't have inherited the kingdom of God if I didn't have Jesus, Meditate on his mercy that he didn't take me out before I had the chance, right? His truth endures to all generations. Knowing that, that God's truth has endured. You know, here we are thousands of years later sitting here reading this. The truth doesn't change. You know, when you, when you consider uh, the truth, and truth is not subject, the truth of the Bible and the truth about God is not subject to opinion and man's opinion. Uh, that's not the case at all. It's very much the opposite, right? Man's truth. <laughs> right? When, when you hear that, right? The truth of, I mean, we all kind of chuckle when we hear that, right? Because the question is, well, what is truth, right? Remember Pilate, what is truth, right? The, it, that that uh, spirit and that question is very much alive today, right? And that was a little bit of mockery uh, there, right? Oh, what is, uh, can we even know those things? Yes, and the great thing is, is that Jesus Christ himself declared to be truth. I am the way, John 14, 6, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me, right? I am the truth. If we want to know what truth is, we just have to look at Jesus Christ. He, he, he is the physical, the, the physical man, physical, physical manifestation that came out of physical, right? Sunday nights, you guys are used to this, right? The physical manifestation of truth is Jesus Christ. If we want to know what truth is, pick up the Bible. Look at, look at the red letters. Or there's the, even the black and white, right? The black letters that speak of Jesus. You know, this whole book is full of truth. You want to hear what truth has to say? Find your red letters and look at it, right? Or just open the scriptures and, and start looking in. But the, a picture of, of who, the, the truth is actually a purge. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we can see uh, the truth just looking at the person of Jesus Christ. Psalm 101. <clears throat> 
promised faithfulness of God uh, to the Lord. Sorry, promised faithfulness to the Lord. <clears throat> this uh, this psalm has nine I wills written it written in it and shall. Uh, so these were uh, declarations that that uh, David wanted to promise to the Lord. Uh, he's, he's moved, he, he wants to uh, serve the Lord in his life. You contrast these things with Isaiah 14 and the I will statements of Lucifer, right? Those I will statements were, I will ascend, I will be like the Most High, I, 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 in a way of elevating self. Look at what David is saying here as we read through here. These, these statements, the I wills and the shall, are speaking of a determination to have a, to have a sincere heart and, and to please God uh, with what I have to offer him in our lives. But it would be a pleasing offering to him, right? So uh, if we're ever looking for reasons to sing, says the Psalm of David, I will sing uh, of mercy and justice. To you, O Lord, I will sing praises. We're ever looking for reasons to sing. Another thing to meditate on, right? We saw the mercy in, in Psalm uh, 100, but meditate on the mercy of God in our lives. Looking back, right? That, that mercy. When has God demonstrated mercy in my life, right? We, so there's salvation, right? But what are, what are the instances where I've experienced the mercy of God, right? And that can be in a conversation. It can be from something big that happened in our life or even something small where we're seeing, you know what? That didn't happen because of the mercy of God or that did happen because of the mercy of God. We uh, want to meditate. If we want to, you know, the sing, sing of, of mercy and justice. If we ever need to think like, well, why would I want to do that? Just think of those words together, right? Mercy and justice. It'll bring us to a point that uh, where we see God's, uh, uh, God's, uh, oh my goodness, mercy and justice in, 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 a, in, a, in a special light. You know, the fact that, that he's perfect. And, and, and when we consider his perfect justice found us uh, without hope, without a savior, perfect, the perfectly just judge can't just cast away uh, the breakings of the law, right? In, in, our, in our study in Romans, uh, we learn that, that we're all uh, condemned in Adam. There's a condemnation that we inherit uh, in our sinful nature uh, that we that we just inherited uh, being uh, children of Adam because of the fall. So when we understand that and God gives us the law, uh, so then and then we see the law and the law demands perfection, right? God said, "Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy." Be holy, for I am holy. Wow. Okay. <laughs> right? Can we try to compare our holiness to the Lord's? We don't get very far, do we? <clears throat> but but when we stand in his righteousness, the holiness of Jesus Christ imparted to us because our faith in him. Right? When we stand righteous because of him. You know, uh, there's a, a, a song that I heard, uh, justice, mercy, and grace. And I think it says they fit together. They do fit together in Christ. Justice, mercy, and grace. Justice demands that when something is, is done wrong, there need, there's a penalty for that. There's a breaking of the law. Justice, right? Justice would be that there would be uh, a, a, a penalty to be paid for that. 
We can't just go do our own thing in the eyes of the law and expect, oh, well, here they come, they're jerks arresting me for doing whatever. No, you broke the law, right? Especially if we've done something to hurt somebody else. If I say, hey, you know what, I really like that brand new 2014, you know, Ford Super Duty F-350, I think I'll take it for myself. They left it running when they went into the store, and I take it, and I crash it. Right? You know, I really didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry, you know, and everything. And if I went to the judge and said that, and the person that lost their truck, and the judge is like, yeah, don't worry about it, kid. You know, and, and to the other person uh, that was wronged, uh, there, there, there's no justice on their behalf. Right? If I'm not being held accountable to it. What we see introduced in, in, in what's explained in Romans is that the law was set forth to do just that, to show us where we have, where we're wrong. We're, we're, we're imperfect, and we, you know, God's standard is perfection, and if we break it, then there is something needs to be paid for. So justice needs to be done. That's why Jesus came. That's where Jesus comes in. Then we see mercy and grace coming together, right? Where we're not getting what we do deserve, the penalty for our sin to be separated from God together uh, forever in hell because of, of what we've done in disobeying God. And then we get the grace. Not only do we not get what we do deserve, we're getting what we don't deserve. In God's goodness, he gives us his grace. That, you know, when, when you can put those three things, that justice is done, that there was, there was one that lived perfectly, that laid down his life for us. And then if we have faith and if we believe in him uh, with our heart and we confess uh, that Jesus Christ is Lord, if, if we come to that point and we're a Christian, then we, we come to that, that critical meeting point of justice, mercy, and grace when they all fit together in Christ. Then justice has been, has been served. And he has taken the penalty of my sin. By his mercy and grace, I, I don't receive, uh, receive what I uh, had coming to me. Not only that, but then I, I do receive the goodness of God and the blessing, the Holy Spirit to live with us now and then someday to be with him forever. Oh, he's so good to us. I will sing of mercy and justice. To you, O Lord, I will sing praises. Verse 2, I will behave wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when, you, uh, when will you come to me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. You know, that, that, that promise of faithfulness to the Lord. And what he's saying is, is in my conduct, as much as, as I have uh, the ability to do so, I'm going to behave wisely. Uh, we, excuse me. <laughs> we don't always do that, right? We haven't always done that in our lives. We're called to. We're called to be wise, right? Wise as serpents, harmless as doves, Jesus said, right? Wise as serpents, harmless as doves, right? Using our wisdom uh, to, to, to guide us. And, you know, when, when we see, you know, consider the example of Solomon, Right when Solomon was just about to take the reins over, right, he's taking the reins over. Uh, you know, David's David's dead, and he's 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 now moving into this position. He's now king and everything, and he's taking on those reins, and he's visited and and by the Lord, and the Lord asks him what he wants. What does he do? He asks for wisdom. 
And that's even a blessing to the Lord. He said, because you didn't ask for other things like length of days and riches and all those things, those things are going to be added to you. Yes, you're going to get your wisdom. And because you didn't ask for these things, you're going to have these things too, right? But that wisdom, right? Go through and start reading uh, in, in Proverbs and look at wisdom. Look at wisdom. You know, where, where it describes wisdom, uh, you know, in, in, in the female sense, crying out, she, right? She calls out, you know, who's going to listen in those things? We need to seek uh, to live our lives uh, in wisdom. You know, behave wisely in a perfect way. You know, when, when we can, we gain wisdom as we, as we walk through this life, right? We, we become wiser to things as we get older. Right there, there is wisdom that we need to impart. Right, wisdom is imparted to us as we're growing up, and then we, there's that that tipping point. I don't know what that is, right? But eventually, we start sharing that with the next generation under us, or maybe even with people in our generation, where we've gone through things and we've got to uh, we've gleaned these things and 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 we've become wise of these things, and we can share these things that we would want want to behave wisely in a perfect way. That he's not saying uh, that I am perfect. He's like, I want to be. That's where, the, that's, that's where I want to be. Remember, God said that David was a man after his own heart. David murdered somebody. David murdered Uriah, had him, had him killed right in the battlefield. You know, Uriah carried his own death warrant all the way up into the battlefield. And that death warrant, when it got open, said, push, you know, push up into the wall and then back up and leave Uriah back by himself. And Uriah dies. David did that to try to cover up his sin. Thought he got away with it, right? Because he had slept with Bathsheba. She, she became pregnant. And when she becomes pregnant, she calls Uriah back. David tries to get him drunk and send him home, right? So that he'd, he'd go home, sleep with his wife, and then, oh, hey, no one will think anything of it. God knew, right? God knew. Sends a prophet right to him. Prophet Nathan comes up and says, hey, I want to tell you a story. I want to tell you a story about a rich man and a story about a poor man that's got one little sheep. That one, that one sheep in the house has become like one of the family. You know, the kids have named it. Uh, everybody loves it. And, and it's become uh, such a staple in their house. The rich man has a visitor. And, uh, and because the rich man is, uh, is a, a greedy person and doesn't want to give up of their own flock, comes and takes that one, that one that was so precious there, and he, and he slaughters that and, and, and feeds it to the visitor. David's response, that dude's dead, right? What does the prophet say to him? You're that man. <laughs> that was you, right? And David knew. David knew, oh, yeah, I didn't get away with this. I didn't get away with that. He didn't get away with it. This is the same David. The same David. God said, you know, he's a man after my own heart. Adulterer, murderer. His life changed. He didn't live a life like that. He, I mean, the mother of all sins, right? You know, murdering somebody. Committing adultery right there, right? He did those things. God didn't lightning bolt him. Right? He didn't take him out. 
and God's mercy. David learned from it. He paid for it. That, that child that Bathsheba bore lost its life. David begged that, it, that they wouldn't. The baby wouldn't, right? He's crying on his couch. You know, wouldn't eat anything. You guys remember the story, right? It says, uh, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Walk within my house. You know, a house is where it's easy to hide things from the public, isn't it? You can go in. There's a really creepy house, uh, you know, right down the road from us. They always have the, 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 the shades drawn, and they never cut their lawn. And, like, the, the car gets, you know, they, like, drive it into the tall grass. And, I don't know, might be the nicest person in the world. But it creeps me out, right? Because I'm like, why would you want to live like that? It's dark in there all the time. you got lights on and, you know, no natural daylight. Like, what's going on with that? I've heard that person's a nice person. But anyways, right? To be hidden from the public. And what David is saying, even in the privacy of my own home, I want to walk in integrity. Where did the sin with Bathsheba happen? In his own home. Right? And he's saying, I want to walk in my house with a perfect heart. I want to be home. When I'm home, I want to have a perfect heart with you. Verse 3. I will set no, nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those that, who fall away. Uh, it shall not cling to me. So there's uh, that, that declaration. I'm going to set nothing wicked before my eyes. Uh, for us, uh, there, there might be um, uh, the removing of things that will lead us to stumbling. Right? If there's if there's something that we know, you know what? If I'm if I'm weak, that's going to lead me to stumbling. Rip it out of your house. Get rid of it. Right? Remove, right? We would. We would. I mean, if you're walking in the walkway and there's a stone there that's your stumbling block, right? What are we going to do? We'd be fools if we don't rip out the stone and flatten that out, right? Same applies spiritually. We're not going to set something up uh, in, in front of our eyes that's wicked, right? That's going to cause us to stumble. That's wicked in the eyes of the Lord. We don't want those things to be in existence. As we grow in the Lord, we should be able to look, wait a minute, that's bad for me. I'm not doing that, right? We grow and we learn those things as we grow up. Wait a minute, oh, mom and dad said I really shouldn't put my hand on top of the stove when it's red. Right? And so we, we learn. Just, and that's just a simple thing to consider, right? Set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. I don't want to go the same way of those that fall away. I want nothing to do with it. You know, if we settle in our minds, and it's a process, right? There, there is a process that needs to take place that we, that our, our, um, and then we've even studied that in Romans 7, right? Where, where the, the battle between our flesh and walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. And, and where, where Paul is, is getting into an explanation and he's describing, I'm doing things I don't want to do and I don't do what I want to do, right? There's, there's that battle that happens within. We have to come to the point where we're settling. No, I'm not listening to that voice. I'm listening to the word of God. And I'm walking in the Spirit by the power of the Spirit, and I'm doing what the Holy Spirit says for me to do, not what my flesh wants to do. 
What victory over the flesh? We have to get into this mindset. No, you know what? That's wicked. I'm not setting it before my eyes. I'm not going to go the same way of, of those that have fallen away. I'm not going to do those things. I'm going to walk with the Lord. Verse five, uh, 4. A perverse heart shall depart from me. I will not know wickedness. A perverse heart, right? Jesus said in, in Luke 6, uh, verse 45, it says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever's going on in our hearts is what comes out. Because it's not what, and, and I can't remember what the whole verse is, is saying there, but it's not what, what, uh, what goes into our bodies that defiles us. It's what comes out of our mouth is what defiles us. That's what, that's what Jesus said. We're defiled, but what comes out because what it's, it's doing is, is uh, really reflecting what's happening within our hearts. A perverse heart shall depart from me. I will not know wickedness. You know, these, are, these are righteous things to say. It's, this isn't David standing there going, I will not. This is no thing. He's saying, you know what? I, I just, Lord, I, I just, I don't want these things in my life. I'm going to do these things, right? The determination that we talked about, nine I will statements and six that say shall. You know, that, that declaration. Um, you know, we see as we're reading, especially in the Psalms, there's the, the, the commands, right? Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. You know, commanding our soul to, to praise God. Right? Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? Speaking those things to us, Right? If we need strength, we ask the Holy Spirit for it. And guess what, guys? None of us are Lone Rangers. We need strength. Find ourselves weak. Dial the phone number. Jump in the car. I need support. I need help, right? We don't, we don't want to go the way of the world. Those things are going to uh, be bad for us. Those, uh, we don't want to have uh, these things going on in our lives that are being described that he's saying he's not going to do. And in verse 4, it's talking about a purity of heart, right? That's, that's way, the, the opposite side of, the, of a perverse heart would be a pure heart. You know, it should be the desire of a Christian, not uh, going to walk in, in wickedness. I don't want to walk in that. I want a pure heart. Create in me a clean heart, O oh, oh, Lord. Right? Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O oh, Lord. Renew a right spirit within me. Right? That, that desire, that it's the same David, right? Writing in repentance, <laughs> right? Create in me a clean heart. I don't have a clean heart. I want it, right? The perverse heart shall depart from me. I will not know wickedness. I'm not going to do these things. I'm going to walk in the purity of heart, right? Then we don't have to deal with the burden of sin, right? The guilt that comes with walking in, in the perversion or walking in the wickedness. When we, when, when we're, when we look at the mirror and we're like, ah, oh, I've failed. I've done this or that, right? Verse 5 says, whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. The one who has a haughty look and a proud heart, him I will not endure. I'm not going to be around these people. I have I've, I've nothing to do with these people, the haughty, the proud. We're, we're not going to benefit from somebody. Uh, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but it always drove me nuts. I was never the best athlete. You know, We had some pretty impressive athletes. I was an okay athlete. Um, uh, to be honest, you know, I, I, the, my best sport was wrestling. It was 125 pounds during football season. No business playing football, right? It wasn't like I had 
blazing speed, right? Probably should have been in the weight room, right? But but the one thing that, that, that is common in sports is is somebody who's proud. I I'm really fast. I can run. I can jump. What happens when you graduate high school and nobody cares? <laughs> well, nobody cares what you can do. Well, I didn't hire you to run and jump. I hired you to run the computer system or go over there and fix that generator or whatever, right? Nobody cares. Remember being in basic training. And, and when, uh, uh, when they ask for student leaders, right? And, and, and these are called uh, either a dorm guard or an element leader for us. And, and I remember having a friend who I thought was a friend. And uh, boy, did he change when he became an element leader. And he came over, stood right in front of me, and he asked me for the merit slip, whips it up in my face and throws it at me. And woo, he's having fun. And I just stared right through him. And he knew we didn't ever talk for the rest of basic training again. I wanted absolutely nothing to do with him. He changed. There was a pridefulness that was there. Oh, you know, the haughty and the proud heart. I could see the, the, the pride. Not that I've never had these things, right? Usually, you know, if you find out you're the best amongst somebody, like, oh, yeah, I'm the best, and then you come over, you get humbled by somebody else who comes along, right? When a new kid moves into town, you're no longer the best backyard baseball player or whatever. Now you're second fiddle, right? I was third trumpet. <laughs> in junior high, I did a third, third trumpet. I didn't practice. What did I think I was going to have? We were like, especially in my eighth grade year, I knew it was going to be my last year. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get, like, trumpet one. I got it. I was awful, right? But we had one kid that's, like, practicing all summer. He's, he's got everything perfect. He's playing in there. And I'm like, oh. You know, I just, I was not, a, I, I played trumpet. I could do some songs, right? Yeah. Second fiddle, third trumpet, whatever you want to look at. You in high school, I remember one clarinet. Yeah. Okay, that was you. Number last. Oh, see? Right? So the head can get big, right? I'm not saying you were haughty about it or anything. But there's all, they always say there's always somebody better, right? Yeah. It might take a while for that person to come along, but, you know, humble pie is, uh, you know, often served in a big slice, right? <laughs> <laughs> Verse 6, my, uh, my eyes shall be on the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He who walks in a perfect way, uh, he, shall, uh, he shall serve me. My eyes shall be on the faithful of the land, right? Uh, it, you know, when, when the writer David is saying this, you know, when I find somebody faithful, that's who I want to bring in. That's who I want to, to bring in and, and to serve under me. I want, that, I want that person surrounding me, that they may dwell with me. He who walks in a perfect way. That's who I want, right? Because, you know, if, if, if we're surrounding ourselves with fools, what are we going to become, right? We're either going to become that or we're guilty by association, right? You know, that, that was how things worked, right, when I worked at the college. You know, you bust a room. I, I had to do this before. I, uh, there was uh, one guy, I, I showed up at the beginning of my shift. It's like, I don't know, 9 o'clock, and I'm, I'm just starting rounds and stuff, and I go into the dorms. There's this kid that's already in. You know, I'm like, guys, will you take care of him? Just make him go to bed. We're not trying to. You're like, that's where they live. And if you're here and, and that's your thing, and I just told him, I just don't want to come back here tonight. I don't want to come back here. 
Half hour later, I get a call. They're all getting rowdy in the room. They're just watching a movie, actually. But they're screaming, yelling, banging things and everything. And I come and I open the door, and there's beer right on the floor. Right? And, 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 and uh, they're looking at me. And as they're looking at me, I'm watching their feet. They don't think like I have any peripheral vision at all. I'm looking right at you, and they're like trying to push the, the beer behind the chair and stuff. I'm like, dude, dude, this is, we're already here. Right? I already talked to you guys earlier. Right? If they were to just shut up, I'd never know what's happening in the room. I don't care. As long as you're not being a problem, right? And you're not a danger to yourself. You know, that's, that's what most of us came to the point of. It's like, we're not going to be sitting around with, you know, step, is it stethoscope? Yeah, stethoscope on door trying to figure out. What, 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 was that a, a, a can of, you know, uh, of uh, soda? What, what type of, you know, what was the, the sound of it or anything like that? We're not doing those things. But there was usually somebody there that wasn't drinking. They weren't, but when I saw who got in trouble, I could probably go back and I'd write the thing, and these were the people that were involved, and, you know, the breathalyzers and all of them, so and I'd always look like, what if, what if the kid that had zeros was like, hey, I just walked in there, I was trying to pick something up and everything, I would put that in my report, this person said, da 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 and some of them, they would be excused, others, guilty by association. <laughs> Wait a minute, you were still hanging out in there, you knew this was wrong, and you know, you kind of feel bad for them, but that's the way it happens, right? What David is saying is, here is, my eyes shall be on the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He who walks in a perfect way, he shall serve me. I want those people where, any of you business owners, right? You want to have somebody who's going to be faithful. You, you've got a shop, right? You, you guys run that thing, and you, when you're hiring somebody, uh, you want somebody who's going to come in, and they're going to work, and you want to surround yourself with people that are going to be positive and, and productive, Right? <laughs> Verse seven. I'm just going to keep going. Verse seven. He who works uh, deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. Right. So here's the opposite. I want the faithful. I want to surround myself with them. Here's the opposite. Early, I will destroy all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off the evildoers from the city of the Lord. Understand this is a king saying these things, right? This isn't us, right? This isn't calling us to be vigilantes and going and wiping people out. That is not it. This is a ruler of, of the nation. Yeah, and and uh, that's what he's saying is, is no, this isn't going to be there. <clears throat> so what he's trying to do is eliminate those people from being around him. These type of people don't need to be here. We're going to drive these people out. Uh, for us, there might be a cleansing that's needed in our lives. You don't want to hang out with this person. They're always wanting me to go do this. And I know that's sinful and wrong, and I don't want to do that, right? We, we, you know, had discussions even today. Even today. Cleansing needed in our lives. In every aspect, we cannot have compromise. This is speaking of, right? Look at the contrast between uh, verses 6 and 7. My eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. And uh, he who works in a perfect way, he shall serve me. I want that person in here. And then look what's described in, in verses 7 and 8, right? I don't want anything to do with these people. People that work deceit, those that tell lies, destroying the wicked, cut off evildoers. Don't want anything to do with those things. Negative influences, right? I realize this is a Sunday night crowd. Uh, it's it's important for us to not only know this and practice this, but be able to share these things, right? 
For us to be able to say, look, the scriptures are telling us, God is telling us that if we're going to walk, you know, I want to behave wisely in a perfect way, who are we going to put, who are we going to surround ourselves around, ourselves, who are we going to surround ourselves with, right? Just realize those lights are off. Don't don't hit lights, I guess. It's the first one, I think. But anyways, uh, but I, I yeah, it, it's good. I actually have pretty good view. So I just realized that. Am I going to bring it up? I don't know. But but consider, want to behave wisely? Then behave wisely. Cut out the negative influence in our lives, right? Set nothing wicked before our eyes. Don't surround ourselves with people that are going to drag us away from walking with the Lord. Surround ourselves. Be in fellowship. Come to church. Spend time, you know, with, with our brothers and sisters, like-minded people that are going to sharpen us and 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 bring edification within our lives. Build us up rather than uh, to tear us down, right? When it says early, I will destroy. You know, there, there sometimes the Lord is 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 I uh, will destroy all the wicked from the land. But just just understanding, uh, you know, what is what is uh, being described here. You know, that there would be um, a, a uh, maturity of faith and that we would walk in a maturity. Uh, the last scripture references, uh, reference I have for you is uh, Romans chapter 13, verses uh, 11 uh, through 14. It says, And do this, knowing the time that it is now, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Everybody can say that. Everybody can. Salvation, and that, that salvation, meaning the, the final salvation, right? Verse 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Right? I want to behave differently. I want to behave wisely in a perfect way. Right? I don't want anything to do with it. Where, where he goes on to say in verse 3, I, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those that fall away. Right? Verse 12 uh, uh, of Romans uh, 13 says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day. Not in revelry or drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but, verse 14, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and how do we do all these things? Make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. That means we have choices to make. And when we have those choices to make, we have to make the wise choice. We have to make the godly choice. Are we more likely to do so if we're surrounding ourselves with brothers and sisters that are like-minded or if we're hanging out with those that are, uh, you know, work deceit, that tell lies, you know, that uh, are going to be the ones that fall away? I don't want anything to do with those things because they're going to cling to me, it says in verse four, uh, verse 3, right? I don't want those things clinging to me. I want to do these things. I want to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh, for uh, to fulfill its lusts. And the Lord knows we're sinners, but he loves us anyways. He wants us to walk in sincerity of heart with him, and uh, we have to have a heart set on pleasing God and walking with him. Not a life of compromise. We need to be all in on him. Amen?
Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for your word, how your word encourages us, how it challenges us, corrects us. Oh God, you are so good. Word so powerful. Alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Meaning it can perform a surgery and it can do, it can cut like nothing else. Cut right to our hearts. We either cut to the heart and come to a point of, of, uh, of brokenness over our sin and come to you or cut to the heart and, and, and want to scream and run the other way or attack those that are sharing godly wisdom with us. Lord, help us to desire your wisdom and to walk in it. Lord, we want to walk perfect in you. Lord, in, 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 in integrity of heart, we want to walk with you. Thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, to submit to uh, the leading of the Holy Spirit, to submit to your word, submit to Christ, walk with you. That's where we're going to find true fulfillment in our lives. Emptying of our sinful self and letting you fill us with you. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we pray. Amen. Amen. Grace and peace to you guys. Have a safe drive home and a, a good week.